The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Ogbayani. There we go. Good morning, beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kule Agbayani here from Las Vegas on the Ninth Island. Uh, another beautiful day here, actually. It's a lot sunnier than it was yesterday, as I mentioned. Posted up here at the Vidara, overlooking the swimming pool and looking across to the Aria. Which, by the way, if you guys have never stayed in the Vidara, it's one of my favorite hotels. Mainly because it is, well, one, it's was for the longest time and since it first opened was the long or the only or one of the few hotels that is completely non-smoking but the only thing is that if you do if you are a big time gambler i am a, i'm a baby gambler so it doesn't affect me too much but there is no sports book in here normally you can just walk over either across the driveway to the aria to get to the casino and the sports book or there's like a way mostly indoor walkway from here to the Bellagio uh, where you can also go and gamble your heart away <laughs> but yeah we are here it's been beautiful and my 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 what a great way to start the trip yesterday with the women going to double overtime the rainbow wahine coming out on top over cal state 82 again yes if you missed it in double overtime I don't even know. Like, I'm surprised I even still have my voice, as you can tell, probably tell barely, though, <laughs> this morning because I was screaming my head off for the ladies as it was it was just an insane, insane game. And we thought that, you know, we're like double overtime. What? Because earlier in the day, actually, the first game of the quarterfinals between number one seed UC Irvine and CSU Bakersfield, CSU Bakersfield coming out on top in double overtime as well edging out UC Irvine 61-59 for the huge upset. So we already got quite a few upsets going on, but back to Hawaii as we will also get into the men's uh, basketball in just a little bit because they're going to play later on today. But first, yes, the women's game. Oh my goodness. I don't even know where to start here. But again, <laughs> beating out Cal State Fullerton, 82-75, double overtime. And actually, let's before like Paul and I kind of talk about the game itself, let's hear what some of the players, including Lily Wahine Kapu and Melani McBee, and also head coach Laura Beeman, had to say in their post-game press conference. First off, I want to just give a ton of credit to Cal State Fullerton. Um, that was a gutsy performance, and it's it's unfortunate that someone had to lose that ball game, but. The energy and the effort that Fullerton brought, what Jeff's doing with that program, um, a lot of respect uh, for what he's doing. And I know those young ladies are in that locker room. We've been in locker rooms like that before. And so my heart breaks a little bit for them. Um, but again, just want to congratulate them for an outstanding season and just a hard-fought game tonight. As far as our group, this is what this group has done all year. You know, we have had massive adversity. Um, you know, we got four kids back in Hawaii right now with knee braces or casts on, and uh, three of them were starters. Um, and we had our moment to be heartbroken about those injuries um, as they occurred during our season, both early and late. And then we just kind of made a commitment to one another that we were going to play. We were going to play for those girls. We were going to play for our university. We were going to play for our state. We were going to play for each other. Am I surprised we won this game tonight? Absolutely not. 
Um, that's what this group has done all year long. They have found a way to play great basketball um, and really bad basketball and still win. And um, we had a little bit of both of those tonight. But this is an amazing, amazing group of young women that I feel incredibly honored to uh, coach and be a part of their growth and um, this crazy season. Lily, it looked like it, um, you had a great game directing and things like that, but um, it just thought your defense at the end in the first overtime when you're playing really tight on um, and, and getting a stop there and also picking up that loose ball in the second uh, overtime. What was that like for you? Because it looked like you were just spent. How would you find the energy to make the play? Um. I really had to adjust. I mean, the whole team had to adjust working on the ball screens and making sure that they use the ball screens because they're really good at coming off um, screens, hitting the pull-ups, hitting their post players. So we really had to get into their hip and then make the shot more difficult for them. But I thought everybody contributed on defense. Tommy did a really good job getting a jump ball going our way. So, yeah, I'm glad everybody was able to step up on their defense. There never seemed like there's panic, though, from your group, even when they closed it. Would you have had that early on in the year, or is this something that manifested as this year has gone on, and, and how proud of you are you about the group to stay calm when things got tight? Um, I feel like our group is pretty calm in these kind of situations. Like We practice situational things in practice, and um, we know we have good shooters and other people to contribute on the boards. So I feel like we really trust each other to get the job done. I think what we have learned with the injuries is it doesn't make sense to get excited about things you can't control. What you want to do is put your energy and your effort into the situations that you can control or the situations that you, you can have great energy and effort into outcome. And so this group all along is like, you know, what hand are we going to be dealt tonight? We can't get too high. We can't get too low. We take a look at the hand and then we go play. Um, and they've done that all year long. And I think it's just been a group where we can sit down and have really open discussion about, you know, this is hard or this is great or this is easy or where do we want to make change or what do you guys need? And we've had some really open conversations about what direction as a staff we need to change and go to, what direction they need, and we've kind of come together. So I think all of that has kind of culminated into just a, a group that, we just kind of stay calm and take things as they come, and we want the high energy when we need it, but can't get too high, can't get too low. Before the game, um, maybe it's the length of the earlier games, but it seemed like you sort of regrouped your team. You came out a little bit late uh, uh, on the floor. Was, were you just trying to gather everyone, calm everyone down before, before the game? or We had already been out. Uh, we, we got here early, watched the game, we stretched, we got shots up, and then they put 32 on the clock. We went in and talked briefly, and then we stayed out the entire 22 minutes. So it uh, wasn't that we had nothing different than what we normally do on a regular game day. May I? Uh, I know regulation, you had a shot there to, to end it. How good did it feel to hit that one in overtime to pull your team back within or tie it up? It felt pretty great. Um, we practice that play a lot, especially in situational um, situations in practice. And I think that moment, we ran it perfectly, even like the timing, timing wise, everything went perfect. And I'm just glad the shot went in. Coach, what was your reaction to May's triple there uh, to tie it up after missing that one in regulation? Obviously excited, you know, that we tied it up. That, that was the big part. Um, always when young ladies hit shots like that, big free throws, big shots, and you, they can see their work in practice pay off, if for me, I get a lump in my throat every time, and it's just like, okay, you know? Big shots aren't big shots when you practice them every day. They're big shots 
on paper, the big shots to the fans, but that's not a big shot for Melani because she practices it all the time. So I wasn't shocked she made it. I was incredibly happy, uh, but wasn't shocked. And then the bench, it seemed if it was Ashley, it was Deja had their moments. You guys outplayed their bench. May had her moments. This is a group that's done it all year. What can you say about your bench and each of them kind of having a moment to shine? You know, when we had the players go down, everyone had to revamp their skill set. And so we've had now shooters that have to drive and drivers that have to shoot and people that have to come in and play just great defense and some players that come in and play offense, some players that come in, you know, for ball handling or free throws. Everyone's kind of had to revamp their overall skill set to put us in the position we are. So when Tommy is on the floor, we absolutely know something big defensively is going to happen. You know, we know we can have ball handlers get the ball up the floor. Um, our bench has been solid. And the great thing about that is we started the year with a lot of depth. Um, we just had to revamp some skill sets. So, yeah, extremely proud of 1 through 11 or 12 or whatever we have now. I don't know what we have. So, yeah, my job is to look at these guys, and I have a pretty good pulse on them, I think, to give them that maybe what they need to hear, let them know that, you know, really it's just like, hey, we're good. You know, I love you. We're going to be fine, and let's just keep playing basketball. And you haven't played great for 37 minutes, so make the Knicks three great or whatever it is. But it's just something – we spend a lot of time with each other. We're on planes a lot and buses a lot and practice a lot, and you get to know what they need at the moment. Um, and I think they're also comfortable to say, Coach, shut up, I don't want to hear you. And it's like, gotcha. And, and that happens too, and that's okay. You know, we're, we're family, and that's what we do. <laughs> Oh, man, you got to love that. And that was the post-game press conference. Uh, you heard there head coach Laura Beeman and also the, some of the players, Lily Wahine-Kapu and Melani McBee, after their overtime win over Cal State Fullerton, double overtime, actually, 82-75 to advance to the semifinals. And, you know, they mentioned that there in the post-game that Lily Wahine-Kapu from our vantage point, too, we were sitting courtside, and you could tell. I mean, she put in 47 minutes. Melani McBee not that far behind her with 42 minutes, but Wahine-Kapu leading in scoring with 20 and McBee with 14 but it's a really spread out offensively a lot of the women contributing to the scoring and it was just an overall good effort and an exciting game to watch um, from your vantage point Paul obviously you were able to watch it on ESPN plus you know it's you can see more of the court and of course I, I think I, t I texted you this like I was just so emotionally invested sitting there and and kind of chirping a little going back and forth with the Cal State Fullerton fan that was sitting next to me uh, a couple of things not only just their play on what you saw um, but also I don't know if it was just me but one of the officials Benny Luna I was get I was I don't know he was probably the one that I was a little um, irritated with yesterday to be to be fair though and I always say this when it comes to officials as long as you make bad calls on both sides which I guess is what he did but was that just me in terms of being there or did you kind of see the same things no, I think you are right on with that. Uh, I definitely had some moments where I disagreed with what the officials uh, felt was enough contact either way or felt was not enough contact either way. <laughs> but I think you make a really good point um, that at the end of the day, I think they were pretty, and I use this term loosely, pretty consistent in what they were calling. And that's all I guess you can really ask for as a player at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, what, what a game for us to 
take in and what a day of quarterfinals there or quarterfinal action there in Henderson uh, for the first day or I guess the second day the quarterfinals of the Big West tournament for women's basketball and a big time win for the defending tournament champs in the Rainbow Wahine as well uh, it took everything in that one to uh, to come up with a win including a play that I texted you this that that uh, McBee three-pointer was off of this like San Antonio Spurs style hammer action on the weak <laughs> side and the basketball nerd in me just absolutely tweaked out when I saw it because it was ran perfectly and it got the perfect look and it just what a great coaching performance towards the end of regulation but really in overtime by coach Beeman and her staff to come up with that victory. Yeah, and that was the thing, right? She mentioned it in the post game where they practice that type of play all the time, and we were kind of chuckling amongst each other while the interview was going on that uh, you can draw up, the, draw up the perfect play, but the ball has to go in. Uh, and on the flip side, sometimes your play gets busted, but if you find a way to put it in the in the basket, then that's all that matters. But Coach B had said it in that post game interview that she was like she was not surprised at all by the shot and the shot going in because Milani makes it all the time. They work on that play all the time, but she was happy. And I guess that sums it up perfectly, right? You're not surprised that this team was able to be gritty and pull out this double overtime win. Wahine Kapu for as spent as she was. I mean, she. I was surprised that the refs actually didn't ask her to tuck in her jersey because it was it was out and you could just see her body language. She was tired, but she was pushing through and that's all you can ask for. And, and like I said, Coach B summed it up perfectly where it wasn't even really a surprise, but obviously we were all happy that they, they grinded it out, they pulled it out. I mean, this entire season has just been about persevering for these Rainbow Wahine women and oh man you can't even just say anything better but fortunately they do get the day off today because they need it <laughs> if they had to go and play again today I think they would be pretty spent but fortunately you know their first round for both the men and women were on Tuesday and now the women's quarterfinals were yesterday the men go to action today but at least the women get today off so Hawaii after beating Cal State Fullerton move on to the semifinals where they will face the number two seeded Long Beach State who had beaten UC Riverside 55 to 49 in the other semifinal matchup for the Hercules Tires Big West Women's Basketball Championships presented by the Hawaiian Islands we talked about it a little earlier that Cal State University Bakersfield beat with the upset, number one seeded UC Irvine 61-59 in overtime. And then on the other side, you have number five seed UC Santa Barbara topping UC Davis very easily, uh, 70-36. So in the other semifinal, you will have the number five seed UC Santa Barbara versus the nine seed CSU Bakersfield. So that game will be at noon Pacific time, 10 a.m. tomorrow. And the Rainbow Wahine will go to action at 2.30 p.m. Vegas time and 12.30 p.m. back home. And you can watch both those on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, and yeah, I think the camera angles, though, you couldn't see crazy Reiko that showed up last night and will probably be there this afternoon as well. So <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, but... The men's game is coming up uh, later today, and we will talk all about the Rainbow Warrior basketball team going to action when we come back on Wake Up in the Den. 
Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. In the Den on the Road on the Ninth Island in Las Vegas, broadcasting from posted up in the Vidara uh, Hotel and Paul Brecht over there back home in Hawaii making the magic happen. We've been talking or just recapping before this the Rainbow Wahine double overtime win in the quarterfinals over Cal State Fullerton as they move on to the semifinals. Going to action today will be the men also facing off against Cal State Fullerton. That game will be today at 2.30 p.m. in Las Vegas and 12.30 p.m. back home, which you can watch on ESPN+. Plus. Before we get to a little bit talking about that this upcoming matchup. I want to play for you first the just a little media avail that we had with head coach Aron Ganat. First, he talks a little bit about their guard, Jovan McClanahan, after he was named to the All-Big West second team, and then gets into talking about just his team traveling here and getting ready for Cal State Fullerton. Coach, you got really proud of um, Jovan's progress, especially when he took over team after um, Juan's injury. It seems like he's really kind of stepped up not just a score, but as a leader um, among a group of leaders. Yeah, amongst a league with a lot of good point guards. So, um, you know, overall takeaway, you know, having to step up with an absence of another point guard just is overall improvement. Uh, game slowing down for him, um, head of the snake on both ends, competitive spirit, um, and then making big plays in big games. And then add to that the context of uh, having a point guard go out and having that rise to the challenge, and he's done that. So um, proud of him. I'm looking forward to seeing his next steps. What was something you noticed um, either maybe demeanor-wise or, or confidence-wise from Javon in contrast to the last two years for you where he just seemed like he had a certain level of belief that wasn't previously present? Yeah, well, I think he's always been a, a believer. He's his best. He's stubborn, um, and he you know has confidence and conviction. But you know, like anything, you know, and then you have to go through the ups and downs. And you know, I think to answer your question, uh, what took it up a notch is having some breakthroughs and making big plays and um, doing it at the biggest stages. And obviously, it started to come right before the diamond head, and then and then obviously having a play like that in the diamond head. I think he uh, uh, really you know, built off that experience, not just performing and making big plays in a big game late, but, um, you know, just using that to fuel him and us in the second half of the season, especially like we've talked about most difficult position and, um, you know, a lot of really good guards in this league, but he's a competitor. He's a believer. Um, he loves the challenge. Coach now, you know, going into, you know, you guys are in Henderson now, um, into the tournament, you know, having guys like Noel, Devon, Kamaka, Samuta, and, you know, just, just kind of a core group of guys that have had time in, in tournament play and, and, and in the Big West gauntlet, um, you know, what is the message going into practice and how are you guys kind of working to get over that hump this year um, in the tournament? Well, it's a similar deal like we had all year is, you know, right now it's one, we just came off a tough loss. And so get back our defensive identity, us first, then them in this case. Um, and it also use your experience. Like you said, we've got a lot of older guys. Um, we've got guys who've played in this tournament and we've got a lot of guys who've played in tournaments. So this is our fourth tournament and 
we set, you know, the rainbow into the North Shore, into the Diamond Head, into, you know, the gauntlet of regular season play. But especially this, uh, the difference is you don't get the second and third. You got to earn the second and third games. And um, but we've been really good in turnarounds and in and, and situations like that. So using that experience on a general level, but more specifically right now, we got a, you know, we had a sharp practice this morning and then flew over uh, us first, watched the film. You know, you can still be exposed in some areas this late in the year that will help you go to the tournament. That's the positive about the other night, and, and we're going to attack that and then go from there. Hey, guys, only have time for one or two more questions. Hey, Coach, so you guys are just there in December, and uh, the tournament itself, we talked a lot about uh, senior night and, you know, that being the final hurrah. But as you know, going back to the years of the Honda, Honda Center, we have the most fans. We got our full band there, not just a small pep band, but the full band. We got our cheerleaders, the rainbow mm -hmm. dancers. So does it almost feel as close to a home game as you can get being on the road? No, it's a great question. It's, and it's why I, I know I said earlier about the tournaments, but we've also traveled to Vegas already, played in the dollar loan already this year. So, um, yeah, and, and it's awesome because, you know, you can feel, first of all, it's it's great to be in Vegas at this time of the year. The guys have everywhere have worked hard to get to this point. Uh, when you land, you can feel it because there's basketball everywhere right now, conference tournaments wrapping up, uh, about to start, not just hours. And and then you you can start to see familiar faces with their local fans and community. And it's always been special. And we've traveled well. That's why I say we're really appreciative of having such a great fan base. So happy for our guys to work so hard to get to this point. Looking forward to an incredible challenge and seeing, you know, our awesome fan base. Uh, regarding Fullerton, uh, you know them very well, obviously. Um, but, you know, you both games, you're within a possession of, of, of winning both, being 2-0 and instead of 0-2. So do you feel like this matchup is, is a good one and that, you know, uh, just a few tweaks away from, from actually um, having a flipping the script? I'm excited for the tournament because I think there'll be a lot of tight games all the way around. I mean, we're two games out of first and we've had four games that have been decided maybe more by a point or two, including these Fullerton games. Um, it's probably one of the more unique things and it has nothing to do with us or them. A little outside of control. This will probably never happen again when you're uh, playing a team that has played one game in the last 17 or 18 days. Um, and we just came off the four games, but I'm sure they would like to have played. And, and this is just such a unique, I don't even know how it ended up happening that way i don't think they do either but um the battles have been uh tight and have gone down to the wire and you know that's league play and that's also conference tournament play so i know our guys are all excited about it and, and we got to have three three good days here before we tip off and again, that was Rainbow Warrior basketball head coach Iran Gannat a few days ago in a little media scrum that we had. And they face off against Cal State Fullerton today in the quarterfinal round of the Big West Conference Tournament. As you heard during that um, media avail and also what we've talked about all week is that, you know, Fullerton had beaten them in their two regular season matchups. The first game, 79-72 in overtime. The second game, a low-scoring 52-51. Uh, where in that 52-51 game, I mean, you look at the shooting, and Hawaii shot an awful 29.6% from the field. And, of course, Cal State Fullerton not that much better in that game at 37%. When you look at that overtime matchup, 
Cal State Fullerton shot 42% from the field and Hawaii at 40%. So that will be a key here. I mean, uh, Hawaii has tend to been a little wishy-washy when it comes to really being able to shoot consistently when they're on, they're on, and when they're off, it's really bad, as you, as I just said, with that 29.6% and only putting up 41 points. Fullerton, on the other hand, though, they haven't played too much because they've, they've had two of their last three games canceled and actually haven't played since February 25th. So that could go either way. You know, you kind of lose that momentum and or you could come out really, really hungry to just play and to win. But the fact that both these games were close, I mean, it's just it's going to be, I can anticipate, a really crazy matchup. And Hawaii, for their part, I mean, they need to recover and bounce back from that really embarrassing 81-61 loss to UC Santa Barbara. I mean, what better way to wipe that bad taste out of your mouth than to win when it matters? And that's the key. That's what we've always been saying all along. But we've said it all. The other thing we always say is it's hard to beat a team three times. So the Rainbow Wahine did that beating Cal State Fullerton, but it definitely wasn't easy to beat them for that third time. And we'll see what happen, what happens with the matchup on the men in the men's quarterfinals. Uh, Paul, what is maybe some of your keys to the game when it comes to this matchup? Yeah, well, you kind of touched on it. The Bows have really struggled putting together two halves of good, solid, quality basketball, uh, especially throughout um, throughout conference play this season. And it's been the reason why you've seen them lose a lot of really close games because this is a really talented uh, Hawaii squad. Their defense is best in the Big uh, Big West. It's a team who can rebound exceptionally well. We've seen freshman Moore Sec uh, really start to come alive in these last few games. Uh, so first things first, you've got to play two consistent good halves of basketball against the team, especially uh, one in Cal State Fullerton that has beaten you twice. Also, you mentioned it, the shooting, right? you you got to be able to capitalize on those defensive stops because the thing with the Bows, they get stops on defense. They are an exceptional defensive team. You have to play complementary basketball, though, right? You have to score points when you get those stops, and that's how you, uh, you know, cut down deficits. It's how you take leads. It's how you extend leads, and that's uh, something that this Hawaii team has shown that they can do. They just have to do it a lot more consistently than they have. Yeah, and and it's good that you brought up more sec because this is one of those games where it's all about matchup, and I think we won't see as much the fan favorite but in this particular matchup I mean when you look at Fullerton's side they're really guard heavy in terms of their guards do majority of their scoring and when you have someone like Moore I mean he'd be able to get you some rebounds but at the same time you don't want your big man especially as young as he is on defense you know got to get a little quicker and moving his feet and might not be able to stop Fullerton in the sense that he would going up against another big like when we see what UC Irvine has so uh, I'm excited to see this this game but going and taking a look at the other game by the way if anyone is curious the odds makers have it very very close as well Hawaii is the slight, slight favorite over Cal State Fullerton at minus one and a half money line is Hawaii at minus 125 plus 105 for Cal State Fullerton and if we take a look at the other matchups in the other quarterfinals which the winner of this is who Hawaii will face and number one seed UC Irvine going up first against number eight CSU Bakersfield that game is going to be at 12 p.m. Pacific time Irvine 
Irvine is a huge favorite at by 12. So minus 12 for UC Irvine. Minus 800 on the money line and plus 575 on the money line for CSU Bakersfield. Going on after the Hawaii game, U- number three seed UC Riverside taking on number six seed in UC Davis. Riverside is the favorite at minus two and a half and on the money line, minus 145 plus 125 for the six seed UC Davis. And last but not least, we have the number two seed UC Santa Barbara taking on the surprise to be here in number 10 Cal Poly we talked about it extensively yesterday about winning when it matters to remind everyone that's what Cal Poly did they did not win a big west conference game since their first game of this regular season and then they go on to beat Long Beach State the other day by 20 to move on to have this matchup with UC Santa Barbara which of course isn't going to be easy UCSB is a 10 and a half point favorite so a couple of these games are pretty pretty big spreads double digit spreads and cal poly though is the money line underdog at plus 450 uc santa barbara at minus 600 so it's going to be quite a couple of these games you know odds makers have it that they're going to be significant blowouts but the hawaii game and then the uc riverside and uc davis game will be by all accounts will be close again number five seed Hawaii taking on number four seed Cal State Fullerton. That game for all of you here in Vegas or on the West Coast, 2.30 p.m. Pacific time, 12.30 p.m. back home, and you can watch it on ESPN+. When we come back, we will talk about the big change. Again, This some of the, these reports came out a couple of days ago, but we didn't get to it yesterday. What is going on with the new Aloha Stadium as it is going to be delayed yet again as we go to yet another plan and the emotional roller coaster that is our new Aloha Stadium continues. We'll talk about that next on Wake Up in the Den. You're listening to Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the all-new Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. Kule Ugbayani here live in Las Vegas. Paul Brecht back in our studios at home, making sure we're all good to go and making sure we're on air and, and sounding great. Mahalo for, to everyone for tuning in to either this broadcast or any of our programming. And that is why you are the most beautifulest of all the beautiful people. Right, We spent the first half of the show talking a lot of Rainbow Wahine and Rainbow Warrior basketball. Also, wanna wanna make note that I have not lost money yet. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Although full disclosure, I only the only bets I've put in so far are futures bets. So today will be the start on whether or not I get stressed out, as I mentioned yesterday, that I put, did put in a futures bet for the USC men's basketball team to win the Pac-12 championship, I believe, at plus 750 odds. Just because, you know, no rhyme or reason. I mean, they were the three seed in that tournament. But, hey, got to show my support (laughs) or make it more fun to cheer for them as you can catch USC football, of course, in the fall right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. And you can also listen to the USC men's basketball game this evening in the Pac-12 quarterfinals broadcast begins at 6.15 p.m. 
Yes, that's Hawaii time, 6.15 p.m. Game time at 6.30. And that they will take on Arizona State for who will move on. USC is the favorite by four, a minus 180 on the money line, and ASU at plus 155. So hopefully my ticket, my futures ticket, will still ride on till tomorrow. So send me good vibes, everybody. That <laughs> I will not lose money today. I'm not sure what I'm playing today. Yesterday was really, really busy as we were on the show, and then I didn't really have a chance to... I, I walked through the casino a little bit, but there were no machines that were calling to me. So I'm all about the vibes and the machines, but at the same time, every time I get a vibe, that doesn't even seem to work either. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens if I jump on one of these slot machines and, and for the best, as I joked yesterday, that hopefully we'll, I'll win big. And that way it can, you know, pay for me coming back here for F1 and the $11,000 ticket package of the Bellagio Fountain for F1. <laughs> so that, that's what I'm rooting for um, and hopefully moving forward. All right, before we get into our Aloha Stadium discussion as well, want to make note, I did not make it out to NFL Pro Day yesterday at UNLV, but there were quite a few Hawaii players that did participate. We have receivers, receivers Zion Bowens, DB Malik Hausman, offensive lineman Austin Hopp, and Il Manning, tight end Jordan Murray, corner Hugh Nelson, running back Diedrich Parson, of course a fan favorite from last season, another fan favorite, linebacker Pene Pavihi, uh, defensive lineman Blessman Ta'ala, offensive lineman Micah Vanderpool, and defensive lineman Kobe Wyatt all participated in the pro day yesterday. Uh, from all accounts, they looked pretty good. Uh, from what I heard as well, they looked like they were really fit and ready for this. And shout out to Cody Cook, the strength and conditioning coach over there at the University of Hawaii, because he's been doing really good things with their nutrition program. Uh, he actually was one of the guys retained from Coach Graham's coaching staff and got retained by Timmy Chang. So all accounts, he's doing good things for our players. So so we'll see, again, quite a significant amount of them that went out for the pro day that was held at UNLV yesterday. All right. Oh, my gosh, you guys. This new Aloha Stadium, delayed yet again, has plans have changed. <laughs> As reported, there are reports from the Star Advertiser and also uh, Sam Spangler from KHON2. Uh, this is from KHON2 that there has been another delay in the quest to build a new Aloha Stadium. Governor Josh Green laid out his plan on Monday and said under his new timeline, it could open in 2027. So the state has allocated $350 million to the new Aloha Stadium while requests for proposals were scheduled to go out with approval from the governor. Uh, he's now taking the stadium's exterior project in a new direction. So that meaning that new target date is set for completion in 2027. Governor Greed said, quote, we did inherit a kind of tricky situation where we had no choice but to do this new RFP, which I'm having our guys already tee up. We'll put the final numbers in that the House and Senate give us so we can be ready to go. The previous request for proposals to developers for NASED or the new Aloha, Ta Aloha Stadium Entertainment District was in the works since 2018 and took up $16 million through things like research and community outreach. But now the new RFP is starting from scratch. So, like I said, we're back to square 
one. Before I continue on like my rant in this, though, I have to I really have to ask you, Paul, because, you know, you're you come all the way from the East Coast and yet like a small type of town in Ithaca. Um, what how are things done on that side? Because I know back home we always complain like our government, they don't know what they're doing. But I just want to know, has there ever been a situation out there on the East Coast or where you're from or close to where you're from? And we're not talking big stadiums, obviously, like your billion dollar stadiums that NFL money has. But has there ever been like any type of smaller stadiums or venues like even just, yeah, just venues that have gone up a lot quicker than we're seeing our Aloha Stadium? Yeah. um, Funny enough, uh. Yeah, a lot of times it seems, at least since I have moved out here, things definitely move a little slower um, in terms of building. <laughs> because at, at home, back in New York, uh, back on the East Coast, a lot of times you're right. It doesn't necessarily move like this. It has felt like there have been, uh, or there's been issue after issue or delay after delay with the new Aloha Stadium plan, and um, I can see why that would be extremely frustrating, especially after I got the opportunity to go see uh, the former Aloha Stadium, you know, say Aloha to Aloha Stadium and see what what kind of venue that is. And as I sit here and I think about uh, the passion that Bose fans have and the passion that uh, the people of Hawaii have for sports in general, uh, to, to be forced to wait even longer to have such a, an awesome venue would be super frustrating because it doesn't have to take that long, right? Like it just, there are ways to advance this much quicker than it's been going or as it looks to be. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, it's on top of the sports and having a place for the football team, like a true home. Again, I've mentioned this before that not taking anything from the university of Hawaii and what they've been able to build out there at the, at Ching field, but it's still a bleachers type of stadium you know you it's such a different feeling when you go into like a real stadium like aloha stadium yes we're not going the new aloha stadium is not going to be as big first we heard thirty-five thousand, and then the other week we were talking about it going all the way to like twenty thousand, and now we don't even know what the size is going to be but nonetheless it's still a different feeling having a real stadium and again not just for sports and Rainbow Warrior football, but also like towards the ending before the Aloha Stadium got condemned, we were starting to see a lot of really big and awesome concerts. So non-sports fans could still enjoy all the glory of being in a stadium. And so many people I know went to Bruno Mars to go see him in the Aloha Stadium. And there's so much more things that you can do in a stadium atmosphere for a concert like your pyrotechnics and fireworks and everything that goes off versus, you know, what we, we usually go to concerts at like the Blaisdell. So the Aloha Stadium bringing in all these acts and the community really getting a taste of how incredible it was, not just for sports, but now also you're like, wow, we can really start to see these really amazing musical acts in this the stadium vibe and now it's just another halt to building it out so now the new projected date is 2027 which in Hawaii you tack on another couple of years to that and it's just so much back and forth and they really need to figure it out so and and the crazy thing is that Governor Green is now going back to the private partnership model just the other week he said he was abandoning abandoning it because of the costs that it would be for the state but now they looked into all like 
the new budgeting and everything. And now we're going back to the public-private model. But they revamped it, which this this particular plan, to me, I do like the plan. It's just very annoying that it keeps taking us so long and back and forth and all this money just to the planning out phase. I vented about it a couple of weeks ago that, you know, it, it pains me to see that all of millions of dollars have been spent just to essentially push papers and don't get me wrong we do need to do multiple assessments of course you need to do as assessments before you can even start building that's any situation but at the same time when you see that multi-million dollar price tag uh and there's still no actually like they haven't even begun taking down the old stadium it just gets really frustrating but got to step aside for a quick break when we come back we'll tell you a little bit more about that uh private public partnership the new private-public partnership plan for the new Aloha Stadium when we come back on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Kule Agbayani live in Las Vegas. Paul Breck back there in our studios in Honolulu. All right, we've been talking about this new and revamped plan for the Aloha Stadium. Uh, this information via the Star Advertiser in which he says, the article says, Governor Josh Green has decided to pursue an alternate path for redeveloping Aloha Stadium in which a private partner would develop and operate a new stadium wholly or largely paid by the state. Under the new plan, the state would contribute $400 million appropriated by the legislature in 2022 for a new stadium, along with about 25 acres of land leased to a private partner willing to design, build, operate, and maintain a new stadium in Halava for 30 years. The envisioned change is intended to replace a long-standing plan to have a private developer design, build, and maintain, but not operate, a new stadium. Luis, Luis Salaveria, director of the State Department of Budget and Finance, said the change is based on recognizing that the private sector can operate such a facility better than the state, in addition to more efficiently building and maintaining it. Salaveria said the new model for redeveloping 47-year-old Aloha Stadium which was condemned, also was based on a new economic analysis of the best value for spending taxpayer revenue on a new stadium, which under the long-standing plan includes higher long-term costs paid by the state to a private partner earning no revenue from stadium operation. So, at the end of the day, this was kind of the scenario that I liked in the first place. So Zolivaria said the new plan is a blend of the two scenarios with a private partner taking on more risk by essentially owning and operating a new stadium for 30 years. So I guess when the whole P3 model first came out, uh, private-public partnership, this is and this new plan is almost like when it was first announced, this was the scenario that I had already was thinking of was the private partnership um, plan because you guys have been hearing me say it all the time is that we need the private partner to come in because 
they'll come in, they'll spend the money, and they are more than aware that it costs money to make money, and the stadium will get built in a timely manner if it means that they can generate some revenue and get their return on investment and more. So the building out and everything will be more efficient. And I was totally against how when former Governor David Ige tried to pass on the development of the stadium to the University of Hawaii in terms of building, maintaining, because they've never done that before. So I thought it was crazy talk. However, again, not taking anything away from what they have done at the Clarence T. Seaching Athletics Complex, but that's nowhere near building, developing, and maintaining a real state-of-the-art stadium. So I'm hoping that this plan stays this time, but I will not hold my breath. <laughs> I'm so tired of talking about this already because it just feels like it always comes up, but we can't help but talk about it because we're all so passionate about this project and wanting to see a new Aloha Stadium again not just for us sports fans and specifically Rainbow Warrior football fans but just the community in general where we'll be able to bring in they talk about bringing in soccer professional soccer professional rugby and then of course being able to host concerts that are equivalent to what you see on the mainland when you go to the mainland that's bigger than just going to the Blaisdell and seeing what we see there in the stadium concert venue for everyone that was ex able to experience it at the Aloha Stadium, it's just it takes the musical experience to an entirely different level. Uh, that's why I really love being here in Las Vegas too, and seeing certain acts here in Vegas because it's the the arenas and the stadiums and the venues that they have built out in Las Vegas, not only for concerts but just even their musicals that they have here. It's built to have these acts, and it's just elevated in a whole another realm as opposed to just when they do like their traveling tours and having to build out what they can build out. So we'll definitely keep an eye as we have been on this project. And at this point, all I can say is hoping we're just going to hope for the best. <laughs> Fingers crossed that again, the emotional roller coaster is just next level at this point when it comes to the Aloha Stadium. If you guys want to read more about it, it is a very detailed write-up via the Star Advertiser. So this was an article posted on March 7th. Again, there's also more information via KHON2 and Sam Spangler. They also did a really good a detailed explanation of everything that is going on. <sighs> From one emotional roller coaster to already switching in gear mode, and I will be an emotional hopefully I'm a emotional happy place later on this afternoon and not an emotional wreck so Paul you can <laughs> expect the crazy text messages from me depending on how the game is going uh, and it was funny because after the game too I had to look and I missed a bunch of text messages and I looked at it this morning I was like oh because I think it's one of those the game is getting crazy I look at my phone and then you know I, I'm engaged in the game so I don't text back and then I kind of forget to text everyone so yeah, I mean, it should be fine. <laughs> you're living in the moment, and that's what you should do, especially when you are in person at the actual event, because it, from everything I've heard, everything I've seen, it's an awesome venue, awesome environment there in Henderson, Nevada, where the Big West tournament is played, and there's just there's a lot there. So I'm glad that at the end of the day, you're just taking in the game, taking in the environment. Those texts, they can always be uh, answered back again later. <laughs> and it's 
funny that I mean it's good that you brought up the venue and actually I know so yesterday was the first time I was ever in the dollar loan center and if, for those that don't know that is where they also play hockey as well and it feel I was talking to the people I were with and it we were sitting courtside but the light is like just it's super bright and shining in your face so we were kind of thinking if they don't change kind of like the position of the lighting so I'm not sure how much that affects the players themselves us sitting courtside it was just like beaming in our face so that's one thing that I can say was an interesting experience being there but it uh, nonetheless it's a beautiful venue I'm excited to see what kind of crowd shows up today hopefully it does feel like a home game considering there are so many people that made the trip and also obviously Hawaii fans that already live here on the ninth island so yeah, I'm curious to see again Hawaii, the number five seed, taking on Cal State Fullerton later on today, 2.30 p.m. of Vegas time or Pacific time and 12.30 p.m. back home. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Full disclosure, once again, do not pay attention to the crazy person, the crazy lady that you might see on the bottom of the screen. And um, it'll be interesting if the same older gentleman, Cal State Fullerton fan, is sitting next to me that was yesterday because got a little chirpy. <laughs> I, I apologize, mom and dad. I, I, I kind of didn't respect my elders at that time. <laughs> but we were just going back and forth. But it was fun. Uh, but it'll be funny if I, we're sitting next to each other again at the game this evening because it's the same team that Hawaii's playing as last night. But either way, it's going to be a fun time. Follow us on social media. For Paul Brecht, I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye!